Good morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15 today. So we continue this series in the prodigal son story. But we'll get to those verses here in just a second. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we covered the, the beginning part of this story. We talked about the prodigal son himself. So in the story, there's essentially three characters. There's the, the son, the, the younger son, the older brother, and of course, the father. Um, and as we go through this series, we're going to try to cover each of those individuals. So this first, the first week was um, the younger son. You can go to our website and find that um, posted tomorrow. And then today we're talking the younger, uh, the older brother. But before we get there, can I pray for us? <clears throat> Father God, um, God, we know that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword, that it cuts, cuts through bone and marrow straight to the heart. Um, God, when we approach you in relationship and in a desire to hear from you, God, that you speak. So God, speak to our hearts today. Convict us, challenge us, encourage us um, to be the people you've called us to be. Um, God, whether it's something I've said or something, God, you're just prompting, um, God, we ask that you move. And we pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. To really understand this part of the story of the older brother, we kind of have to go to the beginning uh, of this interaction that Jesus is having. So we look at, at this, the beginning of chapter 2, or sorry, chapter 15, we see this, this conversation starting between Jesus, um, the, the tax collectors and the sinners, and then off in the distance are kind of coming around are these, these Pharisees, these religious uh, leaders of the day. Um, so essentially Jesus is talking to two people group at the same time. Um, and that's where this, this uh, specific account comes into play, is these, this two, uh, Jesus talking to two people at the same time. Um, and the younger brother being, you know, of course, the, the tax collectors and the sinners, and the older brother being um, these religious leaders. Um, but as Jesus continues in this conversation, he tells three different parables. The first parable uh, being the, the story of the lost sheep, um, where the, a shepherd lost a sheep, does everything he can to find it, and finds it, and they brings it back to celebration. Then he tells another story right after. That he says, there's a woman, they had, she had three coins, and she lost one of those coins. Can you turn me down on the mic a little bit? Um, and, she lost, and she lost one of those coins. Uh, and she, see, she, she, <laughs> it's gone. She, searched, she searched the whole house. Um, she couldn't find it. Um, and then she found that one coin. She brings it to her neighbors, and they celebrate that a lost was found. And then it comes to the story of the prodigal son. As we covered last week um, with the prodigal son's story, the, the son was lost. The son was dead. Um, he, he fled um, his, with his inheritance. He fled to live life the way that he wanted to live it. He wanted to live how he wanted to live it in a selfish way rather than in the way that God called him to, um, the way that was with him. And we learn in that story he was lost. But at the, at the, the depths of, of that uh, journey that he was on, he, he decided to come back to the father um, and the father, you know, famously says, you know, my son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. The, the reason Jesus is telling these stories is he's trying to get the religious leader's attention. He's trying to say, this is what this is about. It, it's not about necessarily the journey. It's not about everything else going on. It's about the fact that my son was lost and now he's found. It's the fact that, that these people don't know, don't know me as their Lord and their Savior and I want to know them. And that's the point he's trying to get across to, to the, the religious leaders, these Pharisees, in this moment. 
See, we can all find ourselves somewhere in the story, and maybe at, maybe at different times uh, of our lives and different seasons we can find ourselves in the story. Sometimes we are the prodigal. Sometimes we're like, no, I'm going to live life my way. I want to do it how I want to do it. I want to run. Um, God will be there eventually. I'll come back to him. Or I don't need God. Um, he hasn't done anything for me up to this point. Why do I need him? Right? We've all said similar things to this in, in different seasons of life. Or maybe you're like the, younger, the older brother. You haven't left God. You've been in the presence of God for a while. You've been around God things. You've been in church since you could remember. And there hasn't been really a time in your life where you, you ran like the prodigal son did. Or hopefully, as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, you're more like the father. Just waiting and, and, and seeking to find those that are lost so they can be found. But we can all find ourselves in the story. As the younger brother, it's to get back to God. It's the, the fighting, the feelings of shame. I'm not worthy, I'm not enough. Why would my father ever take me back? Look at all that I've done. And the father, as we learned last week, is extremely gracious, extremely loving, and opened his, uh, welcomed his son back with open arms. Or maybe you're going to feel more like the older brother today. And this is where you're going to relate the best. See, you're going to fight against self-righteousness. You're going to fight against selfishness as well, but it's really the selfishness that separates you from others. And that's what we're going to dig into as we dig into these verses today. Luke chapter 15, starting with verse 25. See, now his older brother, or sorry, now his older son um, was in a field. As he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he summoned one of the servants, questioning what these things meant. Your brother's here, he told him. Your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Verse 28, then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. And he replied to his father, look, I have been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed you, yet you have never given me even a goat that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughter the flattened calf for him? So here's the thing with, with the, the older brother. And I think this is where we can relate. Because you have to remember, this is going to be really hard to do. Mike, can I borrow you for a second? <clears throat> Mike is just being sent back and forth everywhere we go. <clears throat> Sorry. Mike, can you hold these? You're going to be the father in this story because I have a handheld mic and I can't do everything at once. So here's this money. It's, it's 100 bucks. Just show, show the people. It's like a magic trick. Ready? And it's gone. All right. <clears throat> Just kidding. Um, so younger brother, going back to the beginning of this prodigal son story, younger brother comes to the father, says, Dad, I want nothing to do with you. Just give me what's mine, and I'm out. I want to go live the way life I want to live it. So what does the father do? He splits the inheritance. And we see this in, inside those verses. He says he gives you know, one-third to the younger brother, and three-thirds stay with the older brother. So here's what happens. Younger brother takes his money. He's like, man, look at all this money. I'm going to live this life. And he goes and foolish lives and blows it all away. And then he comes back. And the, and the dad welcomes him right back in. And then he grabs that, that fattened calf. And he says, go, let's celebrate. Go get that fattened calf ready. Well, what's the older brother doing right now? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The younger brother blew all his money. Don't be touching my money. Thanks, Mike. You're not keeping the money. <laughs> I need this money. But this is, this is the older brother. And in a lot of ways, it's justified. 
Because you, you put yourself in the stories of the older brother. You would have went to your friends and be like, my dad, he went and got the, the nice calf. He slaughtered it. They had a party for this guy. That was my calf. And your friends would be like, yeah, of course it is. Like, how dare your dad do that? But that's the point of the story. That's the point that, that, the, that the father, Jesus, in this story is trying to get across. See, the reality is, in this story, there wasn't just one lost son. There was two. See, both sons missed the heart of the father. Both sons chose selfishness and what they could get from God rather than what they could find in relationship with God. Both, both sons took their money. And I think it's easy to blame the younger son and look what all he did, but the reality is the older son did a similar thing. See, there's two irrational nevers in this story with the older son. right? In his, in his little statement, in his rant back to his father, the first one is, I never disobeyed your orders. <laughs> what? Are you serious? The father's like, of course that's not true. <laughs> like, I, you've been here your whole life. Of course you disobeyed me from time to time. And the second is, you never gave me. Never gave me the goat. And if you find yourself similar to the younger brother, you probably said similar things to God. God, look at all this I've done for you. I look at these people I've served. Look at, look at the way that, that I try to be like you. God, I'm in church every weekend. Like, God, why don't you give me what I want? The reality is you don't think that there hasn't been goats along the way that were slaughtered for the older brother. Of course there was. There was parties when he was in the, the place of honor. But he missed it in the moment. We all do this. Because what happened was we missed the heart of God and then instead of it being a relationship that we're trying to foster... Father God is just around as a transaction that needs to be completed. If I do this for you, God, you do this for me. That's the extent of our relationship. And this is what the older brother missed. He thought that was it. If I do all these things and God does all these things for me, we're good. We're close. I know God and God knows me. But he missed it. See, we can all go to church and, and worship with, with the great worship songs that have the feels. We can have the preaching that, that kind of kicks us in the butt and we like, we like that feeling. You know, we could be serving and using the gifts that God has give, given us. And that makes us feel good that we're being used by God. But the reality is we can be doing all these things and miss God completely. We can be doing all these things and miss the fact that God just wanted to know you. He just wanted to be in relationship with you. See, if the older brother lived in that type of relationship where he knew the, the, the heart of his father, when his brother came back, he wouldn't have been like, God, stop giving him my stuff. He'd been celebrating with his dad. My brother who is dead is alive. He's back. He was lost and we found him. But instead, it was about me. It's about what I wanted. How this is unfair. That this isn't okay. If you're taking notes, you can write this one point down today. Physical proximity to the things of God is not the same as proximity to God. Physical proximity to the things of God is not the same as proximity to God.
Jesus went to the cross for relationship, for restoration. He didn't go to the cross so you behave better. He didn't go to the cross so you're a better person. He went to the cross so you could know his heart and be changed by that experience. And I think it's a good rule of thumb. I think it's a good gauge of when those around us that have been sinning, that have been running from God, how do we react when they come to know God? Is it a celebration or is it like, oh, that guy? That girl? There's no way that girl. You see what she was wearing to church this weekend? Right? It's that attitude. It's that self-righteousness. We like to draw lines in the sand as human beings and make sure we know who's in and who's out. It's human nature. Not helpful human nature. Destructive human nature to community and what we're trying to build here at Hill City. But human nature nonetheless. Human nature we have to fight and overcome. Just because we're close to the things of God. Just because we go to a small group. Just because we, we, we are in God's church. Just because um, you know, we have community. We have friends in, in that space. Doesn't mean I'm close to God. And I think a good gauge is how do I react when people come to know God? I'm talking your enemies. I'm talking those that have hurt you and harmed you. How do I react to them? Those are evil. God, get rid of them. Or do I show, as the Father showed, compassion? Of sin has gripped their hearts, and man, do they need Jesus. What Jesus could do, the hope he could restore, that's what we get to chase. That's what we get to be is, is the heart of God transforms and changes us. Let's keep going in verse 31. This is the father's response to the son. Son, he said to him, you've always been with me. You've been around. You've had everything I have had, or everything I've had is yours. But we celebrate and we will rejoice because the brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Paul says it this way to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2. He says, this is good, and it's pleasing to God our Savior. Verse 4, circle, underline, pay attention. Who wants everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Don't get me wrong. God's justice is real. And the way that you choose to live this life, you'll stand account for the way that you live it. But this is why Jesus went to the cross. And so those that repent and come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior can find Forgiveness can find hope, can find Jesus and relationship. God doesn't want people to perish. People made those decisions themselves, and that's the result of their decision. His heart, his compassion is that everyone comes to know him. And our heart and our compassion should be the same. So you find yourself in these places... We're drawing lines in the sand or that person's too far gone or choosing not to show compassion when someone is in the midst of their sin and choosing not to reach out and help. We've missed the point. We missed it altogether. Because we know sin's destructive. We see it in the lives of people around us and our own lives as well. But our response should be compassion and trying to help. Not condemnation and kicking them out. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble as we take on the attributes of the older brother. That's the point Jesus was trying to get across to the religious leaders who were shocked that this man 
would eat with these sinners. Don't miss this. There wasn't just one lost son. There was two lost sons. And they both missed the heart of the father. Find yourself sitting in this place. Right now, it, it's changed by fostering a relationship with Jesus. That's the key to it all. Not just reading your Bible, not just praying, not just practicing spiritual disciplines for the sake of doing them because I want to be in the proximity of God, but doing them in relationship with God. Or I'm having conversation back and forth with my Creator because of what Jesus did on the cross and gave me access to. And maybe you're, you're more like the younger brother today and you've wandered. You ran from God and you're like, I'm done. This ain't working anymore. God's standing there with open arms saying, son, daughter, welcome home. Let me put sandals on your feet. Let me put a robe around your, your shoulders because my son was lost and now he's found. Would you close your eyes for me? Here's the prayer if you find yourself in that place. Either the younger brother or the older brother. And you just say this prayer to yourself as I pray it. Or you're saying it to God, not to yourself. That'd be weird. God, I've been wrong. I've lived this life selfishly for me. And God, honestly, I thought I was in the right. But boy, I was in the wrong. God, I've missed your heart. I've missed what you really wanted from me. Thank you that your son Jesus went to the cross. Thank you that he paid the penalty for my sin so I can be in relationship with you starting today and lasting forever. Amen.